0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About to Review. On today's episode, we are doing some video games. I am joined by a good friend of mine, Steve from Stand Inside Media, who is a videographer for National Geographic Expeditions, also a gamer and podcaster. Hello. Hello, Steve. So Steve has a couple ideas for games that we're going to kind of play and see what we think.
1: Yeah, we want to play some games that don't take a lot of time mm-hmm. because I travel a lot, I'm on board ships, I do videos, and basically I'm on board for a ship for five weeks at a time and then I'm mm-hmm. home for five weeks at a time. And so these massive games like Skyrim
0: and Uncharted and that kind of thing that take 30, 40 hours. Right, 30, 40 hours of collecting herbs and reading stupid books that you find in the bottom of a well. Exactly, I love it. I love Terrible. It.
1: We want to find games that we can... Uh, we can do the whole thing in a short period of time. And you're a busy guy as well. Mm -hmm. So, I have some ideas for you. Some suggestions. One of which we're going to try first off the bat here. Yeah, so what am I looking at right now? Well, this is a game called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Alright. This is a game that I first saw at PAX, Mm -hmm. the Penny Arcade Expo. East or West? West? West. Prime. There we go. And this game was being shown on VR. And everyone was crowded around it and it's it's perfect for vr we're not gonna be playing it in vr we're gonna be playing (laughs) it just on a laptop (laughs) but uh the concept of the game is one person is the bomb diffuser myself yes and the other person has the instructions for the bomb Mm. the Hmm. person with the instructions cannot look at the bomb right and the person that is diffusing the bomb cannot look at the instructions so it's a communication game perfect for podcasting
0: (laughs) right yes and there is there is a visual component. Uh, I am looking at a laptop right now, um, but yeah, I will put up a screenshot or something so you guys can actually see kind of the layout of what we are doing. Mm-hmm.
1: So essentially, yeah, you're going to get a suitcase that has mm-hmm. different modules in it. It starts easy. We're on the very easiest level to start out. I, I hope out. so. <laughs> and in front of me, I have a 20-page manual that I've printed out from the internet. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Earth. Right. <laughs> And Not double sided, by the way. So seriously, sorry, Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so what John's going to do is he's going to describe what he's seeing, and I have to look through these various instructions and try to talk him through defusing this bomb. As a movie fan, you've seen this a million times: yes. Speed, Abyss. Right. Oh man, that's one of my favorites. Abyss still uh, gets
0: me. Yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja. Sure. When sure. Chris Farley <laughs> is yes, it's all so clear now, and he has no <laughs> idea what he's doing. Right. Kind of what I feel like right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so should we just jump on into it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. My manual at the The top of each page, (laughs) it says on the subject of wires, on the subject of the button, on the subject of keypads. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, go ahead and fire it up
0: there and I will do my best to save our lives. So I'm going to, is it 1.3, the first Mm -hmm. bomb? Yeah. Okay, so what I'm looking at guys is uh, the contents. When you first click on bombs in that section, It says section one, introduction, 1.1, game overview and roles, 1.2, controls tutorials. Uh, I already went through both of those to kind of give myself an idea of what I am in for, but realistically, I still have no idea what is going on. So I'm about to click 1.3, the first bomb. Uh, Identifier, the first bomb. Description, everybody has to start somewhere. Let's just hope it doesn't end here too, rude. Uh, I am very (laughs) adept at this. (laughs) Make sure your experts have the manual and are ready to help. Steve, are you ready to help? I am ready, sir. Okay, Uh, bomb configuration uh, looks like five minutes, three modules, and three strikes. Piece of cake. All right, I am about to click start, and so I have it right in front of me. Oh, it already started. Okay, I am looking at a six module bomb, top left corner detonate, Uh, three wires in the top right, two blue, one white. Uh do you see a button anywhere? A detonate button on yeah. the top left. <clears throat>
1: Let's do the button the button first. Okay. So click on the button. Yep. I mean don't click on the button Whoa. but bring up that module. Okay, I almost and, just did. <laughs> And okay so the bu- the module or the button says detonate on. It, yes, correct. Yes, it does. All right, let me look at my instructions here. Oh, Ooh, I have uh, stuff on the bottom. Okay. Okay, if there is more than one battery on the bomb and the button says detonate Press and immediately release the button. Is there more than one battery on the bomb? You're going to have to rotate it to so the sides Ooh, of uh, the...
0: Yes. Oh, there are three batteries. Okay. okay. So
1: there's more than one battery on the yes. bomb, and the button says detonate. So press and immediately release the button.
0: Detonate. Which Correct. Okay. <laughs> trust <laughs> me, John. Trust me. All right. I just, okay. Oh, uh, green do you have light. a green checkmark? Yes. Okay, green light right, went off. Okay. All right. One down. Man... <laughs> uh all right uh so i have two blue wires one white wire in the top right quadrant
1: okay so total of three wires yes okay so uh if there are no red wires right. cut the second wire
0: which second wire i have two blue one white two blue at the top one white at the bottom the second wire that exists so i guess it would be the second blue okay green light all right, all right. great okay this is not stressful at all everyone <laughs> <laughs> and if we get it wrong the timer goes faster <laughs> oh great uh in the bottom middle. middle Module. Mm-hmm. I have four symbols. Okay, I got the
1: symbol okay. one here. In they my all kind
0: of Greek. Top right looks like a trident. Top left looks like an H with a diagonal slash. Bottom left looks like a uh, six with a swirly bit. And then bottom right is the A with the E kind of mashed together. Okay, hang there's on. a word for that that I do not know.
1: <laughs> Only one of my columns has all four of the symbols from the keypad. So okay. uh, describe them again. Uh, from upper left to bottom right.
0: Upper left uh, looks like an H with a diagonal slash through it.
1: An H with a diagonal slash.
0: With a little. Uh, uh, a lowercase H. No, uh, uppercase. Uppercase okay. H with a diagonal slash. How are we doing on time? Uh, we have two minutes forty four seconds. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. All right, and it. then at top right is like a trident. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Bottom left is like a number six, but the top is not straight. It is kind of squiggly. Okay, squiggly, got it. Squiggly. And then bottom right is the, is it the number, numbers, shoes, letters, uh, A and E match into one. Okay, press them in this order. The six with the squiggly. Yep. A,
1: E, trident, H with a slash.
0: Oh, all right. Green light. All right. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Yes. So that, that first one only has three modules, <laughs> and right. uh, they're pretty generous on time on the first one. Yeah. but. I mean right. my heart rate's up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no that was definitely stressful. <laughs> uh it said like before I started it said the best time was like a minute ten. Yeah. Jerks. Uh <laughs> my time remaining on that one was two minutes fifteen seconds. Yeah. So
1: Okay. You want to try another one? Yes. All right.
0: All right. Uh I'm gonna take uh, take a minute and <laughs> take a little breather. Yeah, that was I mean it was definitely it it is a fun game and it is it's action-based. Okay, so yeah. if I click continue, will it go directly into it, or will I have a i I'm not sure. Give it a shot. So right. I continue. guess 2.1 would be the next one that we're going to do. Uh, click on the bombs folder. Uh, okay, section two, the basics. Something old, something new mm. is 2.1. Okay, let's do it. Okay. And I should say, on this
1: bomb, it's not important to tell me where the modules are okay. in the configuration of the suitcase. So just tell me uh, what module you're going to go for, and then we'll jump right into that. And if it's one that we've already done, so I'm talking about the button, I'm talking about the symbols, uh, or the wires that are horizontal, okay. uh, then we can, just, we can just go straight to that. So we have, okay. we're already starting to develop yeah, yeah. a little bit of a uh, shorthand, you know what like I mean? It. Okay, this one is the symbols, you know, so.
0: Yeah. All right. So top left, I have four symbols. Uh, One kind of looks like the Turkish flag, except opposite. It is a half circle with a dot in the middle. Okay. uh, Facing, the open side is on the left. Okay. Okay. Top right is another half circle with a dash through the middle and two dots above it. Okay. I'm with you. Bottom left, kind of like the D in Walt Disney, kind of a squiggly thing. I'm with you. Okay. And then the last one. And then bottom right is uh, kind of like an H, but more
1: with a little tail. Yep. Okay. Uh press them in this order. Okay. E facing the wrong direction with the umlaut over the top. Yep. Uh the Turkish flag. Yep. Disney
0: D. Uh yep. And H with a tail. Boom, green light. All right. All right, moving on to the center module. Ooh, this one is weird. Uh I have two green lights. It is a big grid with a bunch of squares in it.
1: Oh, okay. This is the maze. Okay. Oh, What's no. your other one? What's your other okay.
0: one? Uh, okay. Oh. Bottom middle is a button that says press. Okay. Let's do that.
1: <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have any batteries on the sides uh, or anything on the sides?
0: Okay. The... So for those of you who are listening, uh, when you right click, you can swivel the whole case around and then check it out. So I have two batteries on the right hand side.
1: Two batteries on the right hand side. As I'm side.
0: looking at What color is the button? Uh the button is white. If the button is white
1: and there's a lit indicator with the label CAR, C A R, is that correct? Uh w- where would that be? Does the label. Is there a label next to the button?
0: No, there is no label.
1: Hmm. 3 minutes 20 seconds left. I'm not seeing press. Oh, if none of the above apply, hold the button and refer to releasing a held button. So click and hold on the button. Click and hold? Yeah, click and hold on the press button. And a colored strip should it light went up blue. Okay, blue strip. Release when the countdown timer has a four in any position.
0: Oh man. Okay, two minutes fifty-seven, six, five, four. All right, green.
1: Good. Okay, now you have a big grid with green, and there's a little triangle, yes, right? Yes, I have
0: okay. two two green dots and a triangle that is currently facing to the right. Uh. Okay. Yes. What I need you to tell me though is uh, the row and column yes. where the, the green where dots the circle.
1: Are? To, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so top column, second from the left, and bottom column, second from the left, are circled. Uh, Okay,
1: (laughs) top column. Columns run vertically, so there's no top column. You mean top row? Sorry.
0: (laughs) Uh, Second to the left column, top dot. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, uh uh-huh. And then second column, bottom second to the yeah yeah same same column same column
1: okay so what we're looking at is a maze I have the I have the walls of the maze but John doesn't have the walls of the maze correct so I have to help him guide the
0: little arrow through where's the arrow now the arrow is in the second to last column on the right uh one two three four rows down okay I'm with you and 1 minute 50 seconds. Okay, find the maze and and is there a ending? Let's
1: see. The diffuser must navigate the white light to the oh. red triangle. Where's the white light? The
0: white light is one on the top. Okay. Uh go right.
1: Go okay. right again. Down. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Yep. Up. Oh, tricky. Right. Uh-huh. You're in the corner now, right? Yes. Down. I like it. Down. Yep. Left. Down. And that should be it
0: yes yeah
1: all right so this is i mean it's like yeah. it's
0: teamwork and it's there's a pressure and yeah. i like it. this definitely is is a game that is right up my alley because things are going on yeah as i alluded to earlier running around for 40 hours and collecting some <laughs> herbs or reading books <laughs> uh can get a little long for me that being said in the tomb raider games the two that have come out recently the most recent ones yeah 100 on geocaches 100 percent on hidden tombs like it takes a certain type of game for me to want to do that. Sure. But a game like this is awesome. Because, yeah, we just did two modules and took, like, ten minutes. So... Yeah. I, I like it. Well, I, maybe we should start the recommendation section.
1: What do you think? Sure. Because like, I have a couple other games in mind. Yeah. And... um yeah, I mean, we do have a different taste in games.
0: Very much so, but, yes. I
1: mean, maybe you can meet me in the middle on one of them. One of them, I'm sure, you'll like, and the other one, maybe you can meet me in
0: the middle on. We will see. Because- Go ahead. <laughs> in, the, in the Venn diagram of video games of Steve and I, we have known each other for almost 20 years, which is crazy. So there is a middle ground. We do, like, a lot of the same type of games. The Arkham games, for sure. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Uh, GTA, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Peggle, absolutely. I I just sometimes I don't know what you like. I don't know. I know. You, I kinda... you know. But but when
1: I think of the games that you like, mm-hmm. God of War, of yes, course, is a big absolutely. one. Absolutely. I mean, that's pure action. Mm-hmm. And games that are that good don't come around all that often. That have True. just wall to wall action and wall to wall great graphics and mm-hmm. everything like that.
0: With a solid storyline to carry it through. Yeah, absolutely. So wait, now that's a good point. You do like story. I do like story. I do like cutscenes, but not Metal Gear cutscenes, which last for three hours. I totally agree. So, okay. yeah, give me a good cutscene. The difference with God of War is it would go cutscene. It, it was almost seamless mm-hmm. into the action.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the first game is a little bit rough, but as they went on, similar to Arkham. Mm-hmm. When it went from cutscene to action, I mean, the graphics are almost there. Yeah. Like, they're getting really close okay. to the cutscene. So,
1: the first game uh-huh. is a little bit retro. So, remind me, what was your gaming experience growing up?
0: Gaming experience growing up... Uh, we would always have to go over to a friend's house to play, like, Nintendo. Uh, My parents did not allow uh, Nintendo or video games for a while. Uh, So, like, earliest gaming memories, of course, is Mario Brothers, uh, Duck Hunt. But then when I started getting into, like, Sega, when I'd go over to my friend's houses and play those, that was always a unique experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sonic was the perfect game for a kid with ADHD like myself (laughs) because... It went as fast as my brain was going. Sure. Uh, except when you hit a stupid crab, and all of your coins went everywhere, and you came to a dead halt. Yeah. Um, okay. Let so me yeah.
1: let me list off some games, uh-huh. and I promise I'll get to
0: my recommendation. But sure. This helps me get in the headspace of your
1: mind. So, Castlevania, the first mm-hmm. one. So not the ones that are involved with
0: you know. Which one is Simon's? West. Was that two or that something? That was the second one. Okay. I I remember I remember Castlevania. I think I remember the second one better. It's a little bit. The second one was a little bit odd
1: because you had to get different things. You had to run around and pick up items and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, definitely. But number one and number three were very much action based. Okay. okay. How about
0: Mega Man? Mega Man was one of those games, incredibly frustrating in the sense of you would be like Clipper Man, Scissor Man, whatever his name was you needed to memorize the entire level, or you were pretty hosed. Like, it was just, it was something that, again, I like, actually, even as a kid, I was like, cool, I like this. Cool character, cool concept. You'd go off the ledge into your doom, and then you find out later you needed to go two inches more to the right. Right. Ridiculous. So those got really frustrating, um, but they are are iconic. I like the soundtrack to those games more than the games themselves. Okay, that's good news, (laughs) yeah. Sometimes people
1: talk about games that are hard. Yes. But there's two different types of games that are hard. There are games that are not made well. True. And they're hard for that reason. And then there are games that are, you know, challenging, challenging. and that's built yeah. into it. Yeah. Okay.
0: ET the the classic game from atari is an unplayable game yeah it's hard because it's poorly made exactly
1: (laughs) but a game like super meat boy is hard because they made it hard and Mm -hmm. you know it's meant to be uh trying again and again this is firmly in the middle of those two it's really well made. okay so here we go game reveal my first recommendation Uh and you can get this on steam or xbox live and other ones as well shovel knight have you played shovel Knight. knight nope I have no idea what that is. Okay. This is a game that's been described as more Nintendo than Nintendo. Wow. It was made a few years ago, not that long. And, uh, you know, I could think it'd be called Indie. It wasn't made by a major studio. Mm -hmm. It was made by Yacht Club Games. Okay. And uh, it's a side scroller. Nice. It feels a lot like Mega Man. I mean, it it has really big influences from all different kinds of places. You're a knight with a shovel and it's a side scroller. (laughs) Okay. And you go through the level and you're, you know, killing enemies. Do you lose clothing get... like ghouls and goblins when you were a knight? Cuz that was just silly.
0: <laughs> no, you don't you don't lose um armor like that. Now, speaking of that real quick. Yeah. Where would you rank ghouls and goblins on the scale of hard, difficult, broken, <sighs> unplayable because that game is crazy. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's difficult. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and that was back in the quarter sucking days, right? Oh, so yeah. I mean Ghouls and Ghosts, I think is was it the Ghouls first and one. Not Ghouls and yeah, Goblins? but they, okay. they did a sequel, I okay. believe, called Ghosts and Goblins. There. Ghouls and Ghosts. Right. I mean Ghosts and Goblins, I believe, was there a sequel. Go. But uh they wanted to hook you in the first level or two and then keep you pumping in the quarters so you could jerks. just get past the second one. Once we got out of, you know, the arcade world, mm-hmm. then games became more fair, I believe, because they weren't just trying to get your
0: yeah. quarters you could turn it off at any time you know what i mean so kids ask your parents what an arcade is <laughs> or what 25 cents is who knows <laughs> exactly so uh so shovel knight is your is your first recommendation shovel knight okay yeah uh
1: beautiful colors the soundtrack is unbelievable it's eight bit no. but nice you know it's um it's like fake eight bit uh, right. whereas if you really listen to it closely it probably has more than four tracks or whatever their yeah. limitations were back in the day but they emulate it so well it's really good okay. it's funny, it's a really well written game you go into a town and it feels like Zelda 2 did you replace Zelda 2?
0: again I have more memories of the original Zelda
1: yeah so um, the original Zeldas were top down Yeah. yeah. and then Zelda 2 was a-, a departure much like Mario 2 and mm-hmm. Castlevania 2 Zelda 2 um was uh, a side-scroller.
0: The Zelda games, like, again, they they were confusing to me, even growing up in the period when they were being released, mm-hmm. because they would, the timeline would get weird. The gameplay was almost completely different from game to game. And so I get those games pretty confused. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with, like, four games that were only handheld that I never played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But it's a funny game. It's it's uh, like I said, well written. It makes references to earlier uh, Nintendo games, especially. Okay. And I think you'll really dig it. It's, you know, it has ninety five percent on Metacritic, and okay, uh, it's it's a home run for sure. Uh, And there's, I believe, it's a free addition to the end of the game so once you're done with Shovel Knight mm-hmm. you get the sequel for free oh nice where uh, one of the mini bosses okay so in the same way that cut man or elect man or right. you know now imagine you could play cut man nice in the sequel I like that and you're sort of getting revenge on your other foes and you know they mix up the levels a little bit and there's other dynamics uh, you play as the plague knight so yeah
0: spoiler alert yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe <laughs> but, okay um, yeah and I, I definitely, I mean, music plays a big part in, in my video game experience. I love music, uh, it has played a big part of my life in general, and so the music can definitely take you in and definitely take you out of a game. Mm-hmm. One of the games, speaking of difficult, hard games that were not broken, just incredibly difficult, one of the games that Steve and I played a lot of was Bit Trip Runner mm-hmm. for the Wii. And man, like, I mean, it was relentless. right? Yeah, I, I would put that in the same category as
1: Super Meat Boy yeah, because absolutely. it's extremely difficult. It's a high level of challenge, I yeah. guess. But uh, no, this is in the middle. Yeah, yeah. but but you like that
0: one? You like that? I one. did like that one. But Steve and I would play that for like twenty minutes, get incredibly frustrated, want to break controllers, put it down. Right. But the music kept you going. The is music, what your yeah, the music was, was okay, great, great because right. especially in Bit Trip Runner, the music played a critical part in what you were doing every action you did was a different note on on a scale yeah so but yeah we would we would just stop playing it two days later we were like hey we should play it again 20 minutes in da and just be freaking (laughs) out so yeah
1: okay Okay. so shovel knight now my second game recommendation Mm -hmm. Probably not a surprise, but oh, uh, no. the King's Quest reboot. Ugh. You have to play this game. I, I disagree
0: that <laughs> I have to play that. You but...
1: don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, King's Quest. King's Quest, yeah. So, of course, King's Quest is famous from the early eighties Sierra games came mm-hmm. out with it, and it was uh what's the category i mean it's an adventure game where you would you would meet various characters, mm-hmm. a lot of them were taken from uh, folklore right. and from um so, like children's stories and stuff. So you'd meet the three bears and they want a basket of goodies. And you happen to find a basket of goodies in the right. tree of the, you know, you pull it out of the, tr- the hole in the tree and you give it to them and they say, Oh, thank you very much. And they give you something else, which happens to lead into, the, lead next into the next quest thing. or next adventure. Okay. Yeah. And back in those days, kids, you had to actually type
0: it in and say, give oh, flowers next... to a girl. Oh yeah. It was a, a text-based adventure. It was a text-based gotcha. text
1: meets graphics. Yeah.
0: Okay. So So turn left, go down hallway.
1: No, no. You're going back too far. So that would be like
0: Zork. Yeah, yeah. But this one
1: you would control with a keyboard or you control with a joystick. Then you would get close to the hole in the tree, and then you would have to type reach into hole. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah. Huh. All right. So that was then, but this is now. Because they (laughs) just last Do I have to
0: do any of that now?
1: You don't have to. Type. I mean,
0: you've got to look for stuff, but okay. it's
1: not as uh, aimless as. Okay. I think what you uh, don't like about games, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but, you know, wandering around aimlessly, just trying to get the next piece of the quest so you can move on, that right. is at a very minimum. It's a little bit more linear than it used to be. Okay. Um, but let me say a couple names that might uh, pique your interest. All right. These are people that have done voiceovers for this King's Quest reboot. And I'm a big fan of voiceovers also. Wallace Shawn. Awesome. Is one of the sort of side characters, but he's awesome. And they make some Princess Bride references. They have to. Yeah. Have you seen Beauty and the Beast? Come on.
0: Okay. Steve (laughs) asks me that knowing that I have seen every iteration of Beauty and the Beast.
1: The guy who voices Gaston voices a very similar character in this. A a very egotistical knight. Mm Mm-hmm. It makes me think of Putty from Seinfeld. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. He's always playing the same character, but Mm -hmm. he plays it so well. Um, And Zelda Williams. So, Robin Robin Williams' Williams Williams daughter, daughter, who is the main voice for Kuvira in the cartoon of
0: The Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra. Right, exactly. sequel to Avatar, one of the best animated programs of all time. Totally agree.
1: Yeah. So, some pretty good voices and it's really well written it's really funny this is a game that you can play with anybody
0: it it appeals to a broad audience so sim- simple controls but also a good story yeah. yeah enough to get people engaged i played it on xbox one so
1: you're playing it with a normal controller there's okay. a bit of con- context sensitive uh thing so you walk up to something and it says press x to do mm-hmm. this or that um but again the writing is super strong uh, voices are super strong, and the graphics are m- much updated from the '80s. <laughs> Which, they, yeah, they better be. Reminds yeah. me a little bit of Borderlands in the sense that it's sort of okay. cartoony with thick black borders, cell shading. Kind of so, a little bit of cell okay. shading going on. Yeah, um, but they did an awesome job. You know, you're, at one point you're going through a cavern, and there's a dragon wreaking havoc in the background, and you have hmm. to climb up the up the ladder and be in the right place when the dragon comes by and blows fire right at the at the screen and everything
0: all right it
1: sounds silly maybe but you really do get into it and uh this is an episodic game so you can buy all five chapters right off the bat but i would start with the first one okay. since i know you're a little bit on the fence and i expected you to be a little bit right. on the fence now, is it but let me just say real quick uh-huh. so again
0: strong story strong graphics strong voiceovers now each chapter so there are five chapters yeah uh, pentology uh is it closed end is it beginning middle end episode one beginning middle end. episode two or do you have to play all five to get the whole story i'm so glad you mentioned this because this is such a great part of the game uh
1: and i forgot to mention one of the great voiceovers as well uh-huh christopher lloyd is okay. <laughs> old king graham so huh. uh the story is you telling your granddaughter your stories of how you became the king of King's Interesting. Quest. Interesting. So uh this is how they handled oh. deaths, right? So you get eaten by the dragon in oh, the okay. game and then it's it cuts to old King Graham and his and his granddaughter and she says, No, 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 it didn't happen that way you know and nice. then you go back into it so uh which solves the problem of the whole save and restore back in the right. back in the 80s it was so annoying you would mm-hmm. die in some horrible way and if you hadn't saved recently then you Too go. bad so yeah. this is part of the update you know uh so christopher lloyd uh, i mean everybody should know who he is but yeah uh doc brown from mm-hmm. uh back to the future uncle fester etc yeah <laughs> so okay. i think you're gonna be hooked
0: so again to recap Steve's recommendations for me to play are going to be Shovel Knight and King's Quest, both of which are available on Steam and Xbox One. Uh, PlayStation Network, or no? I- I'm not sure if they're on PlayStation. Okay. Can I just add one more thing? Mm-hmm. So you
1: were asking about the episodes? Yes. The first episode is King Graham as a young boy just mm-hmm. starting his adventures. Episode two, it's maybe five years in the future. Okay. And he's a little bit older. And then episode three is a little bit older. And so these hmm. five episodes are different periods of, in, of his life where he has these amazing adventures, okay and like I said before, it's being told from the perspective of an old man who knows
0: how it all how it all works out, which is brilliant it's yeah. such a great way to do it. but again, so on each episode, is there a beginning, middle and end like will someone feel yes. satisfied just playing one, or do they need to play all five? uh yeah, I think someone would be satisfied just playing the
1: first episode, okay uh, the second episode. Didn't get as good reviews, and I have to agree. It wasn't quite as, as uh, engaging or powerful. Okay. You know, it had some um, pacing complaints. Uh, I won't get into that. You know, part of it I agree with, part of it I don't. But um, I start with the first episode, and if you are really into it, then then try episode two. And episode three just came out in April. I haven't been able to play it because I've wow. been gone. And... Are there are five already this Okay. No, no, no. So now they're, they've released three of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but they're they've planning got five. Okay, yeah, got, from got, the start, got. they said we're going to do five. So, nice. yeah. But King's Quest, I totally recommend it, and I hope you like it. So now, if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a time jump here, and you're nice. going to try the games over the next
0: week, and when your viewers, when your listeners <laughs> right? hear us again. Uh, I will have played the games, yeah. and then, at that point, then I will go into... The best rating system available in all forms of media, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, for both Shovel Knight and King's Quest. So we're going into the future. <laughs> future. And see you <laughs> <laughs> next time. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back. This is part two of our gaming episode. Uh, I am that guy named John, and I am again joined by Steve. Hello. Hello. So this is, yeah, part two. You just listened to the first part, and now we're doing the time jump that we mentioned in the last episode. It is now a week later from the last time we recorded, and I have now played the games that Steve recommended. Uh, To recap those real quick, it was Shovel Knight uh, by Yacht Club Games and King's Quest by The Odd Gentleman. So starting off shovel knight uh steve when steve recommended this one to me i was pretty sure because he did not tell me he was like one of these i know you're gonna like one of these i think you might like did i guess right that shovel knight was the one that you thought i would like of course yeah there's action stuff going on all the time it's clever quirky Mm -hmm. and you were right yeah uh so from the beginning like from the starting screen it reminded me a little bit of contra uh just it had that classic look feel sound uh so yeah just kind of getting right into the game and what i thought about it the graphics were great i mean they were just they were super clean way more polished than they were when we were growing up with 8-bit games yeah uh but they were just yeah they're really crisp so it is interesting to see newer studios do older style games Mm -hmm. because of that same reason because they can just take that what they remember and what we remember and smooth it out
1: yeah it's nes style
0: mm-hmm. but they've improved on it in
1: subtle ways i'm sure the frame rate is higher i'm sure the level of yeah. detail is higher and uh in order to refresh my memory on these without mm-hmm. playing them again i was watching some youtube videos oh, yeah. some let's plays of them and uh in the let's play videos they mentioned that the cape color of the polar knight so this is one of the bosses in the game yeah yeah, yeah. it's sort of a beige color in his cape and that color is not possible to display on the nintendo it's one of the four (laughs) colors according to this let's play like
0: that lighter brown yeah
1: it was impossible to display uh on on Mm. nes so even though it's in that same vein in the feel of it's improved upon um but you have to agree with me
0: that it feels like you're playing a nintendo game it's more nintendo than nintendo it really like it brought you back to you know those games and even so much to the point where it was just as aggravating as those older games there were times in this game same as when i was a kid where i wanted to break the controller in half i mean it was relentless at times and just really infuriating uh the little halfway markers or not even halfway the checkpoints that they have throughout the levels those were nice. Um, I got in the habit in the first couple levels of destroying them. Spoiler alert, people who might play this game, I would advise against that. Uh, when you break, outside of the first level, when you break one of the checkpoints to get the gems or coins that it has, you do not get it back.
1: Yeah, it So gone.
0: when I broke the first two, because I was like, sweet, I just got a bunch of rubies, gone. So when I died, which happens a lot. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> but let me ask you, did it seem fair? Did it seem like you were dying because you just weren't good enough yet? You know, you still had a ways to go in getting good enough at being Shovel Knight?
0: Uh, it really depended on the level. Uh-huh. Like, honestly, there were some where I was like, it felt like it was hard just to be hard. Oh, huh. Like, okay. just to kind of... I mean, uh, there were one there were jumping ones, uh, jumping puzzles that... They were difficult. I mean, the game itself is generally pretty easy, but there are difficult situations in each level that make it challenging but not insanely challenging so yeah it was it was interesting playing through and being like okay if i miss this jump it is over and then you go back to wherever you were
1: but that's one thing i love about it because in t- in this day and age mm-hmm. these kids play in their calls of duties <laughs> 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 right <laughs> There's not the same consequences that there were back in the day of the the Nintendo side scrollers where, yeah, you may lose 15 to 20 minutes of progress of going through a Mega Man level or something like that. And so there's more stakes. And so it feels you're more into it. You know, if you were just able to start again at the beginning Mm -hmm. of that screen or however you want to put it. Uh, it wouldn't matter as much. And you could just play it casually. So I love that they brought it back. And for me personally, I thought that it was it was fair when you died. It wasn't the result of a poorly made level or something that wasn't play tested enough, which I've seen a lot of videos of old Nintendo games that I used oh, to love. Man. And you realize just how unfair they were. Yeah. I mean, they really were designed poorly and not play tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shovel Knight, uh, is is hard on purpose at times.
0: Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. There were times with... One of the things that this game does that reminded me of like Sonic, where for whatever reason, spikes are instant death. No matter what level, no matter how strong or no matter what armor you have, instant death. So there were definitely some levels. Uh, there were some underwater levels where the jumping mechanic... First of all, in an underwater level... We have been trained growing up playing these games. You had some motion in the water. This, your jump is extremely exaggerated, Mm -hmm. which is opposite from at least what I remember in the classic games. Well, Mega Man had that. So if you played a
1: Bubble Man level and some of it was underwater, your jump would go all the way to the top. And your jump would last pretty much as long as you would hold
0: the jump button down, which is
1: the same as Shovel Knight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so there were definitely ones with that where there were spikes on the bottom, spikes on the top of the level... The timing was really crucial, and that was those were definitely parts where I was getting really infuriated <laughs> um now going back to what you said about you know the stakes were higher. I agree, but what was interesting is when you died in the when you die in this, you lose coins uh when you go back to that same part of the level, you can pick up some of those coins. It depends on what armor you have and whatever but I was waiting for when my coins went down to 0. I was like, "Oh crap, if I die again, I am dead." Mhm. Not at all the case. What happens when you have 0? Absolutely and you die? nothing. Oh yeah. Yeah. The level goes on. Yeah. You go on from where you were, which was nice, but you know, going back to, you know, the level, the leveling and the stakes it was not, it, it did not take away from the game, but I thought it was interesting because I was really expecting, I was like, I kept watching my gold as I kept dying on the same stupid part every time. <laughs> just being like, am I gonna go back to the beginning? And I did not, so.
1: Yeah, what would you rather happen? It'd be like Contra where you have to start the entire right. game. It deletes your save file oh, and says, man. no, no, they're not that cruel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Contra is definitely one of those games that I loved, like as a kid. Uh, if you watch the uh, the React channel on YouTube, the, the kids react to playing Contra, could not get past like the first guy. But as a kid growing up, like you just kind of breezed through it, you remembered where they were. So it did not have that level of insane difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, it was challenging okay. and I liked that. We've talked about the graphics and mm-hmm. a little bit of the challenge. Yep. Tell me about the audio. What did you think of the music, the sound effects, all that? The music, you can definitely tell, and I think you mentioned it last time, that the game creators, the designers, Really took pride in producing all of this music. There are at the level there are some bonus things music sheets where once you collect it You can then take it to a bard in the village get some gold But you can also listen to that song again. There are 46 of those So overall the creators of this game really spent time creating some amazing 8-bit, you know kind of new-age 8-bit music
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the bard basically serves as a sound effect and background music player Mm -hmm. which back in the day sometimes you could unlock using a controller code or finding a secret you could unlock that you know testing area for sound effects and and music but Mm -hmm. yeah they clearly had a lot of pride in it and i think it's some of the best video game music that uh came out that year honestly yeah it it
0: definitely stuck with me i mean like for the next couple days like while i was at work I would be humming some of the songs so i think it absolutely succeeded in doing that because all of us right now we can remember contra we can remember zelda we can remember mario because it just it was so ingrained in us this music definitely stayed with me and that was that was a good thing yeah what else stood out to you about the game when you think back on it what is the main feeling or emotion you have when you think back to playing this game it definitely the nostalgia effect was, was really nice. It was, it was good to kind of get back into a game like that. We're just it felt fun um, And yeah, the stakes were high one of my I don't even say complaints one of the things that was interesting You can get a lot of upgrades in this game. You can get magic upgrades. You can get armor upgrades The stuff is crazy expensive like it takes you a long time to to it seems like if you want to get better armor and better things uh, what I ended up doing is going back to the first the very first level and just doing some speed runs, mm-hmm. just collecting more loot so that I could level up a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Hm. Because when I, when I would pull up something on YouTube, and I, I hate to say it, but I did do at least once on one of the levels, I was like, I could not figure out the timing. Yeah. I seem to remember doing that as well for a place or two. In yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the propeller night stage. Hard. Really yeah. hard. And it was one of the things that also reminded me of the classic games where the level was way harder than the final boss. Propeller Knight was one of the easiest bosses uh-huh in the game. But to get to him, uh-huh you went through hell. <laughs> yeah, you went through a lot of rats
1: with propellers strapped to their back.
0: Ugh. Those <laughs> things were ridiculous.
1: But that just goes to show you the the sense of humor and the level of detail put into this game because again, that's a callback to Mega Man why is Dr. Wily creating these bunny robots that are shooting carrots? You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like all these silly little details. If you stop and think about it, like, why is it? And then with Shovel Knight, Propeller Knight is, he's attaching propellers to rats that then fly at you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, so an odd many. In pattern that mm-hmm. makes it
0: challenging. And it brings up to me one of the most challenging parts of the game, and it was one of the most frustrating things because it reminded me of games as a kid, If you walk across the screen and go back for any reason, the enemies reappear. And so that was crazy. And then once you... If you had defeated an enemy like Little Beetle or Propeller Rat, you get the coin or you get a gem. And for whatever reason, you backtrack and go back. It comes back. And if you defeat it again, you get no coin. But
1: that's if you leave the section and come back to the section. It's not within the section itself, right? Not within
0: the section itself, but like if you... You know, like if you have to retime a jump and go yeah. back a little bit, all the enemies from the previous screen that it jumps to come back, which reminded me of Castlevania mm-hmm. did that. And it was just, Castlevania was brutal in that sense because if you, there were times when you go to jump to a platform yeah. and an enemy was literally on the same platform and would bump you off every time. Yeah, the first Ninja Gaiden was also quite
1: bad that way. Yeah, One thing that I want to go back to though is the, the level of detail and the love that the creators put into mm-hmm. this game. Uh, you probably met the Trout Apple fish The The Trout Apple, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically an ally who gives you health potions. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the game, the, troupel, the Trout you know? Apple creature it's asks a if you want to see a dance, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. The game creators did like a one and a half minute choreography yeah. dance of this giant fish and all of its fish friends going back and forth with music. They didn't have to do that. No, absolutely not. But they not. did. And it's incredible and I think you actually get an achievement for watching
0: the entire yep. dance. Because it lasts way longer than I thought it was. When I first went <laughs> up there and I gave him a coin or I give him something, yeah. and I like, do a dance. I just I set the controller down. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, this is a show now. Yep. And then another uh, detail I loved, which hopefully
1: um, illustrates to people, again, how much love and mm-hmm. uh, attention was put into this game. Near the end of the game... You fight all of the bosses again, just like in Mega Man. Which was ridiculous. And uh, when you get to that part, Shovel Knight jumps in, he lands on the table, mm-hmm. and there's all eight of the bosses lined up like yep. the Last Supper. It's oh, freaking yeah, yeah. amazing. I mean, they, again, they didn't have to do that, but they did. And it just made for such an incredible
0: game, in my opinion. Two other things. Okay. Uh, one of them is, that I really liked was a really good variety of enemies. That was something in like, if you take Mario, you know, the Mario games, you know, it would give you a new enemy every couple levels, but you would see that same thing in almost every level moving forward. This one, every level had some of the same things or a version of it, but just the variety. That was something that was really unique. And every enemy had different things that they were doing. So I that was again, that attention to detail that these creators did that I just I could not applaud them more for. There was one level, it is an optional level where you have to go clear out some ghosts, uh, and pay five thousand gold to get into the place, first of all. Uh after you defeat that level, and I actually found this out because it was one of the ones that I had to look on YouTube to pass the level in the first place. In the background of this hall, you see a bunch of portraits. Those are the Kickstarter backers of the project. Oh, okay, very nice. So again, these guys you know, at yacht club. This this group over there. I mean, they they care, and you could really tell that throughout the entire game. Mhm. So, how many hours do you think you put into this game? I know exactly how many hours because when you <laughs> when you go to the village, there's a an old witch who does not like to be called an old witch. Uh he gives you how much gold you had, all those times you died, which was depressing. Uh I beat the game in little under 17 hours. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was a game where I would come home from work, play it a little bit, and so it was not, you know, too crazy. Um, so under seventeen hours, and I was seventy percent complete of all of the items.
1: Mm-hmm. And you beat the mini
0: bosses as well. Yep. All of the wandering uh, the haberdashery, where you fight mm-hmm. the. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, seventeen hours. Nice. And I took my time because I like finding the music sheets, and I like doing all of the little, you know, side quests. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are mainly my points uh-huh. so the three ratings on this podcast are good bad and ugly brilliant thank you i mean i know everyone agrees with me i see it on twitter all the time but i'm glad that one of my guests also said that there's no better rating system i agree this is why i should have steve on every week <laughs> so my rating for shovel knight is a definitive good this game was i mean it had a lot of replayability once you beat the game like steve mentioned before it unlocks Plague of Shadows, where you play as one of the knights that you defeated in the Shovel Knight game. So it has a lot of replayability. You can go back to the levels, find secrets. And so yeah, it it was definitely good. And I'm glad that you recommended it. I can tell you that Plague of Shadows is a full-length game as well. That's probably a
1: 15-hour game. Oh, sheesh! So, As a bonus I mean, it's content. the because you're you're going through the levels again, which have been slightly altered because mm-hmm. you're playing it with a different character, different mm-hmm. abilities, but you're fighting all the bosses again. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so do you see yourself going on to play
0: I the sequel? The f- I played the Shadows? first level, uh-huh. um, and the game mechanic. That was the other thing. Is it would be one thing if they just kind of put a different you know bitmap over the character, and it was the same thing completely different game mechanics completely different character control so that was that was really unique so i probably will i'll probably go back and give Mm -hmm. it another run through i may not do the whole thing but yeah i mean that was nice when i started playing i was like this is a completely different game Mm -hmm. so
1: and i know that this is not a video game podcast mm -hmm. strictly this is a movie and so would you recommend maybe a casual video game fan to try this
0: yeah absolutely i think this is the game even though they might find it too hard I think there are parts that people will struggle with. People who have been gaming a long time, people who just started gaming. It is challenging, no doubt about it. This is not you know, an easy game from beginning to end. It is challenging. But yeah, I think a casual gamer can pick this up and have fun, I think a hardcore gamer can have fun with it, and anyone in between. So yeah, I I definitely recommend it. Great. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad you liked it. So moving on to the next one, which is King's Quest. Uh, put out by Sierra and created by Odd Gentlemen. And this is a totally different game than, than Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is 2D, side-scrolling, 8-bit. This one is a fully realized 3D, uh, third-person perspective adventure game, mm-hmm. which is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, the graphics in this just blew me away from right in the beginning to the intro, or of the intro, as it seamlessly goes into the gameplay. We talked about that before, where... The cutscenes in a lot of newer games are getting really close to the gameplay mechanics. I mean, the cutscenes are movie style, and they're just a little bit sharper, and the cutscenes are, you know, they're starting to merge that. With the game like this, which is animated, it was seamless. And the cutscenes also, even though some of them were long because you were having a conversation, they did not take away from the storyline at all. Mm -hmm. And so that that was really nice as well. But yeah, the game is just... It is gorgeous. Uh, the voice acting is tremendous. Uh, Christopher Lloyd plays you know, the old version of yourself. Uh, Wallace Shawn is in it, like Steve mentioned before. And they do a really clever thing with voice acting. A lot of the characters you interact with are these knights in helmets, so you never see the mouth move.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is that must really have saved them a lot of time, Exactly, right? <laughs> so clever. Because they
0: don't have to animate the mouth yep. moving. save yeah. time, save money. But again, it just works. Yeah, You you believe it. It is not like you look at it like, oh, they're trying to cut corners. They're trying to do this. <laughs> it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and now, before I get into other things with King's Quest, I did not play this one as much as I did with Shovel Knight. Yeah, you're probably 25% of the way through. Yeah. But I think you got a good sense of it. Yeah. I yeah. hope you continue it. But anyway, go on. I probably will. Yeah, yeah I, I think I will finish it out. With With games in general, I usually like to finish one before i jump to the next one because if not as i'm playing the other one i'm constantly thinking about the one that i should be playing so i finished shovel knight then went on to king's quest uh yeah gorgeous graphics fantastic voice acting uh the jokes in it like the writing in it they nail it because shovel knight is funny in some of the jokes but it is text-based and so you can kind of skip past some of it and you might miss a joke or two well the voice acting in king's quest being the level that it is they nail it uh old graham who christopher lloyd voices i love that he is on hashtag team dad joke uh because <laughs> he <laughs> he likes his puns absolutely shout yeah. out to we have concerns i mean so he would say things like oh i was out on a limb on this at this point in my life as he was walking across a tree so little things like that yeah they can really sell because of the voice acting because of you know that level that they brought to the game that you can still do and there were a couple puns in shovel knight but they just they were able to sell it a lot better in mm-hmm. king's quest so I and mean, yeah it was just that the hammer space cape that that the young version of himself has wait remind me of that what is hammer space so an anime when someone you know reaches into a bag and they pull out a giant hammer or giant scythe or something your character that you play at one point like in the very first level grabs a mirror just kind of whips it into his cape and you never <laughs> see it again right yeah so but again it it is clever the animation is super smooth yeah it reminded me a little bit of sly cooper the sly cooper series of games from the late 90s on mm-hmm. playstation not as thick cell shading as as those ones but visually that was what it kind of reminded me of yeah they're not going for realism
1: they're going for cartoony but not necessarily kitty cartoony
0: mm-hmm yeah, and also the Dragon's Lair reboot that they came out with in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. That was another one that was very similar in that cartoony style. Yeah, while still being really sharp. Mm-hmm. And I
1: can tell you, having played a bunch of the early King's Quest mm-hmm. games, it is very much a King's Quest game. Nice. You played the sequence where you have to try to figure out how to go across the river. Right. And you have various items and options available to you. Some of them work. Some of them you have to wait a little bit, and then they work after you've figured out something else. That's very much like the old King's Quest. But like I said before, they got rid of the parts where you, if you didn't pick up the right item or something, Mm -hmm. you were screwed. You know what I mean? No going back or anything. Yeah, they've made it so you have what you need you can't you can't get past a certain point without getting everything that you need uh so they've done it
0: in a smart way without uh frustrating people like they used to yeah because definitely in a lot of old games even games from the mid 2000s when you have a game that deals with backtracking there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it Mm -hmm. if you cannot advance in a level without going back to something you missed maybe 30 minutes ago in game time That gets really annoying. Yeah. And so with this, yeah, they do a great job of kind of putting in some Easter eggs. Like you come across these horns, you start to play them, nothing happens. You're like, oh, I need a piece for this. You keep seeing those horns as the game goes on and you're like, okay, eventually I'm going to get that piece and you still have access to this. It is not like you pass those, you lost your chance. Yeah. So even playing it through, you can, you can tell they're setting it up. Mm-hmm. for that but they do it in such a good way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah the, the touching the storyline is just really touching because you know he is talking to his granddaughter right mm-hmm. Gwendo- Gwendolyn and telling her these stories and the way that they are intercut during the level where he is talking about it, oh here is when I had to figure out this it was just touching like it, it brought it brought it all together in a really nice tight package yeah
1: if you like the characters, you go along with the story, which is why Pixar is so successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, their stories are great. Yeah. But their characters really draw you along. And I think that's true of King's quest as well. It's really well written, really well voice acted watching the let's plays of Mm -hmm. King's quest. I was reminded of the opening sequence, which is probably the most action packed opening sequence. You're going into the dragon's den. But right away, you can see that they get it right in the sense that, he's kind of a Han Solo character or an Indiana Jones character where he's not perfect. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's not an omniscient character that, uh, you know, so many times in action films these days, you know, the car is flipping around behind him and he just happens to duck at the right time. You know how how, he's not psychic, you know, Tom Cruise is not psychic, but (laughs) suddenly he knows that he's got to dodge to the left to miss this tire and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I really miss the, I guess the Harrison Ford action movies where he makes a mistake or James Bond back Mm -hmm. in the day, Yeah, yeah. you know, he would screw something up and he had to adapt. And that is so much more exciting to me than uh, when someone is perfect or seemingly psychic. So this is King Graham at the early part of his adventuring days Mm -hmm. and he's making mistakes all the time and they want you to experiment. Mm -hmm. They want you to have those different death states and see what they did. That was clever about it. So, it really uh, encourages exploration and um, it takes me back, John. I love this game. I really love this game. And I'm so happy that they rebooted it mm-hmm. and did an incredible job
0: with it. But now, uh, tell, did, me, tell me more about your experience. Now, since you did the old King's Quest games, was were they arcade games that then went to home console? And was it a sequence of games, like a series of games? Because this one, uh, they have three right now and they're planning on five. Mm-hmm what did they have before king's quest was a
1: pc game okay. i played it on my ibm pc junior wow when i was a kid and uh i think i started with king's quest 2 but okay. anyway so they were they were pc games mm-hmm. uh these games never went to the arcade they never went okay. to consoles okay wait i take that back there was a couple of them that went to nes believe it or not i hmm. think nes had king's quest five and stuff but, okay, so but they, they mainly, they had had mainly they were pc games mainly
0: they were pc okay yeah yeah, because that is the thing is this one, you know, like I was saying, they have three right now. They're planning on five. Steve, I know, is going to play every single one of these as soon as they come out.
1: Yeah, I, I bought the entire package of five when it came out. So as yeah. soon
0: as they come out, you just automatically goes to your Xbox. So we, exactly. yeah, that was the other thing yep. is that we played both of these on Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. Um, Shovel Knight was, I think, $15. King's Quest, I... Do not know how much that one was. I think the entire package is either forty or
1: fifty, so that's the entire five episodes. But if you buy them one at a time, it's ten dollars a piece or something like that. Okay, is it worth ten dollars to you?
0: Is that a ten dollars? So, well, again, you haven't finished it. Yeah. Though, so, so so far though, like it is just it is a solid game, and so I'm looking forward to kind of playing it some more. Uh, the puzzle element, you know, were were nice. The one thing, so I have two. Sure. Again, like not not gripes necessarily. Uh, The graphics clipping happens a lot. So there are a lot of interactions either with your own clothing or other people's clothing or how they interact where it just kind of phases uh, in between. Not a big deal. Does not take you out of it. But I cannot help but notice those things in TV shows and movies, commercials, anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was just one thing. And then the other thing was there are invisible walls like crazy in this game. Which is not to its detriment, Uh but after playing a game that looks like this, you know, a third person perspective, open format game, and you kind of get used to being able to go everywhere. This one, if you're on a path, you are on a path. Yeah. So that was just, it was just kind of, it took me a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, in playing the game to be like, okay, like I, I obviously, the game wants me to stay on this path. There is nothing. Mm -hmm. There is no secret beyond it unless unless it is kind of clearly indicated yeah if they didn't do that you'd probably be
1: wandering a lot and you'd probably get to that point where you're frustrated you don't know what to do next so (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so uh getting to the difficulty of it Mm -hmm. did you get to the point where you were frustrated where you didn't know what to do i I admit i did look up a couple times
0: what Mm. to do next um but did you do it out of frustration or just confusion (laughs) because there's a difference
1: yeah um I guess frustration. Okay. Yeah. I felt like I, uh, had wandered around enough, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes. That's a lot. lot, That is a lot. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm committed to solving it myself. You know what I mean? I, I'm maybe old school that way. But, uh, yeah, I, I had certain items, and I had just missed the thing that I oh, okay. needed to use the item on. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I looked it up, and then I could move on. That's my philosophy is if you're no longer having fun and you're just wandering mm-hmm. and you've made a good-faith effort to try and figure it out and you can't, that's when I
0: say go ahead and look it up. Yeah, I I really have – I will not fault anyone for looking things up. I know that a lot of hardcore gamers have kind of that – even elitist mentality of like, oh, I never look things up. I just I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Yeah. If that is what you want to do, go for it. But for me, like just like Steve said, if you're getting frustrated and it is taking away from the enjoyment of the game, look it up. Yeah, that five minutes you're going to take looking it up, that will then save you time and energy in the game that might make you frustrated and not want to play the game. Just look it up. But the opposite can happen too. I've looked stuff up. And found the answer
1: and then kicked myself because I'm like, oh, if I had just spent five more minutes (laughs) and stuck with it, I could have had that satisfaction of Mm -hmm. solving the puzzle. Did you have that satisfaction of solving the puzzle? Because that's one thing that brought me back to the old King's Quest games. Mm -hmm. One thing I loved is like, oh, the puzzle clicked or I figured out what I needed to do. Did you have
0: those aha moments? There were definitely times when you have to find things again, like towards the beginning, you have to find a piece for a wheel, you know, so you find it, then you have to remember where it goes and. You know, so there is a lot of backtracking in the game, but it does not take away from anything. It, it still makes sense in a linear type of game like this, what you need to do and win. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I wanna uh, definitely give some kudos to before my rating, the music. The music was incredible. Uh, with, with Shovel Knight, you know, it was 8-bit fantastic. Uh, with this, I mean, it was orchestration you know, it was real instruments and you can tell that. And that means a lot to me as a gamer, because music, like I said before, it can really take you out of a game with this. They just, they, they made it because this is a medieval style game. So there's a lot of harpsichord, which is my least favorite classical instrument, but that's a whole different podcast episode. Um, But the music really, you know, it was paced really well throughout the storyline and it was just, it was great music. So, I mean, especially for a game that is $10, or $50 if you buy all five, the amount of time they put in for the storyline, for the voice acting, for the music, absolutely shines through. So, all right, so my rating system. Can't wait. Good, bad, or ugly. This was ugly, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, I just wanted to see Steve have a heart attack live on the air. <laughs> uh, no, this is good. I mean, again, uh, so you're two for two right now. Wow. On recommendations, Steve. <laughs> Actually, if you want to include the game we played, keep talking or the bomb explodes. Right you are three for three yeah all right so high bar so yeah i give shovel knight a good uh king's quest definitely like both of them are just a solid good i mean there was there were little things in each one that i would not even necessarily change they were just things that happened just game mechanics that happened but yeah i mean i i i defined those little things fantastic
1: i'm so happy uh, maybe if you have me back on, I'll do it again as far as one that I am pretty sure you're going to like, mm-hmm. and then maybe one that's a little bit outside of your wheelhouse yeah. that
0: uh, hopefully, okay, I'll work on my suggestions for next time. That sounds great. Excellent. So you have now listened to the two part uh, gaming episode of about to review. We did shovel night and King's quest, both available on Xbox live. Uh, I gave both of them a good based on Steve's amazing recommendations. Uh we also played uh Keep Talking or the Bomb Explodes. I will put what is it? Is Keep it... Talking and Nobody Explodes. Right. Whoops. <laughs> 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 so, both of them are accurate. Both of them are accurate <laughs> and definitely, as you heard, uh that happens. So I will put links to uh all of those games uh in the show notes. Speaking of show notes, Steve, where can people find you online? Standinsidemedia.com. You can see samples of the videos that I've done for National Geographic
1: Expeditions and Lindblad Expeditions. People can find me on Twitter at SteveBlog, and you can contact me there. You can also follow me on Instagram at StandInside.
0: Yeah, and if you you are someone who likes to travel or gets really jealous of people who travel, follow Steve on Twitter because he literally... (laughs) Travels the world, north, south, east, west, mm-hmm. and just takes amazing pictures, takes amazing video. So if you want to be seething with jealousy over someone whose job it is to travel the world with National Geographic Expeditions, go ahead and follow Steve. Thanks, John. Uh, and as far as the podcast, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at about to review If you have ideas for future episodes or if you have other games that you want you know, me to play or Steve, definitely you can email those to about to review at gmail.com. We are on iTunes, so I highly recommend you can go on there and rate rate the episode or rate the show, leave a review if you want to. I do not get any notifications when someone leaves a review, so I just found out that people have left review. No idea. Thanks, iTunes, for not letting me know that. But But
1: thanks to those people that did, right? Yeah, Absolutely.
0: So, and here's a little incentive, a call to action, as they call it in the biz. If you leave a five-star review, I will definitely give you a shout out on a future episode. So the first person who gets a shout out, uh, her name is, or I think her name, Cow Shell, left a five-star review on iTunes. So definitely appreciate that. And yeah, so that is the show and we will see you next time. Thanks again, Steve, for coming by the studio. Thanks for having me on, John. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.